Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. In issues of racism, there are going to be some who will say, why don't you stick to preaching gospel? The social, political, and economic concerns have increasingly encroached upon the minds of those who should know better. The real transformative work in a nation is the transformative work of the gospel. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Hey, it is Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks in one place. Todd is in another, which is actually the campus of Georgia Tech this week. So let's get out there now. There's a there's a group of kids handing out information about sex trafficking, and I'm intrigued. Hey, dude, will you talk to me on the radio for a second? Sure. What organization are you? I'm with the BCA on the Baptist Collegiate Ministries. So you're Baptist, and right? Are you are you Baptist? I'm actually not. I'm just I'm, I would consider myself non-denominational. That's oh, you're Christian. Yes. All right. And what is, what are you trying to promote awareness of? The, um, the sex trafficking problem in Atlanta. Atlanta is I would I've, I've heard that it is the sex trafficking capital of the world, and that means that basically that um within 48 hours of running away from home, teens are brought into the prostitution industry where they're, they're, they're captured and they're held to where they're, they are starved, they are um, raped, they are done, have done terrible things done to them. And it's been largely kind of just brushed off by the government. There's not much awareness about it and it's happening right here in Atlanta. And what do you hope to do about it? We're hoping just right now to raise awareness so that people know what's going on because a lot of people don't know what's happening. And the more awareness we raise about it, the more of a, you okay, know, up for we're, Now we're have. aware about it. What do you want us to do? Talk to the, the government. Have the government, you know, be, can actually have this as a concern because actually... I'll, I want to ask last, you a quick political question. Why, why the government? Why not the Baptists? Why not the non-denominationals? Why not the church? Well, because it's it takes power. These These brothels are institutions that are... Like high, they're they're armed, they're they're dangerous, and the government is actually um, the police. Just the past three uh, nights ago, I believe they busted about two or three brothels just here in Atlanta. And so, do you think there's takes, anything the church can do to make this situation better? There's there's prayer. Okay, the church what else? Is pray- um, I think that raising prayer and awareness are kind of the, the two main things that the church can focus on. Without getting into details, have you heard? Stories. How bad is it, and how young are these kids? There are kids that range anywhere from, I believe, eleven, to, like as 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 young as I heard, girls just like you know, not even hitting puberty. It's if they run away, and they're brought into this. There's their children. They're not just teenagers. There's children involved in this too, and it's because people essentially kidnap them and bring them into this where they are they are held prisoner and they are forced and to. Because have sex you're concerned about the Atlanta airport. I would have to believe these aren't kids in the United States. They just drive them across the border if they want to move them. Are these kids coming from foreign countries? There are some from foreign countries. Yes, it's both. It's the, the problem is not strictly. It's not strictly just. Why America, would just Why countries. would people from the U.S. be bringing kids through the Atlanta airport? Well, it's because these traf- these the, the traffickers themselves are. There are people here that are buying it, which is. The part of the ah, the so this is well. maybe like a distribution center for them. Yeah, well, it's the, the airport in Atlanta is one of the, it's it's one of the main hubs of transporting them, and so I mean, I'm, there's no. I know you're not a statistician for this. You said that a lot of these kids are runaways. Okay, let's talk about the kids in the states. They're running away from their homes. Do you know why? I I do not know why. I'm just um I'm not the the head the person heading this event. Here's um, here's what I'm thinking, oh man. What's your first name? My name's Jared. Jared. All right, you're doing a good job. If the church was preaching the gospel and mommies and daddies were getting saved because there's people witnessing to them, sharing their faith, preaching to them, wouldn't their homes be better? Fewer kids are going to run away. There'd be less available kids for sex trafficking. Wouldn't that be something the church could be doing? 
You yes, yes. I mean, that's uh, that's something that the churches are doing. Not that's, but not every church is doing that. Do you know the, do you know the difference to... between causation and covariation? You ever heard those terms? No, I haven't. Causation is um, you. Uh, I, uh, let's say I've got a bloody nose, and you just hit me in the nose ten seconds ago. I can say the cause, the causation of my bloody nose is the fact that you popped me right between the eyes. A covariation would be. Um, the kids are behaving on campus a certain way because of TV advertising. Well, it could be, but we don't know. If, we can't draw a direct cause from TV advertising to the way kids behave on campus. It could be a co-variation. There could be a connection, but we don't know for sure that there's a cause. Okay? Okay. Would this be a causation statement or a co-variation position to say, the reason we have a lot of kids in trouble today being abused and taken advantage of is because the church hasn't been proclaiming the gospel, hasn't been behaving like the church. People aren't getting saved. Homes are crumbling. Kids are running away, and they're getting involved in the sex ring. Can I draw it back that far? Do you think to the church and blame it on them? I, I don't. Ha- I don't have a comment about that because it's. It doesn't. It draws down to individual motives and decisions. You know, even pe- people in the church, they they still make mistakes. There are people in the church that are not what you would call. Good Christian that, that do not that do not emphasize the the ways of Christ. There are people in the church that are sinners that still. Well, call actually, that. I'd, I'd call that type of person a hypocrite. But even so, do you think it's fair to say one of the reasons, if not the reason, the state of the union is what it is, and why you're standing out here trying to raise awareness about sex trafficking, is because the church is weak, not respected perhaps viewed as not a an authority in moral issues and we aren't doing a very good job of converting human hearts i would i would have to say that that our our society today is looking on the church less and less and it's that's one of our problems is that okay america is viewing the church as you know they're viewing religion as they're viewing christianity as just a, a religion as something that people just you know weak people cling to which yeah, i don't think I, is I true agree. okay jared tell me if i weren't a christian why would you tell me to become a christian what would you say to me i'm a complete stranger would you try to convert me i would say that christ has shown an incredible love for me and even though the times of my life when i have messed up i've done the things that are wrong that he is still there for me and that when i when i am not when, when i feel alone in my life you know i have the hope that christ is there with me i just he heard you me. say two things i won't be as lonely and things will go better for me is that why i should become a christian I didn't say things will go better for you. I said that Christ, Christ is there to support us even when things are rough. It means okay. it's, a, it's about the mindset. Just because becoming a Christian doesn't make your life turn around. It makes, sometimes it makes it harder. Okay, so not to make it sound trite, but you just described for me that Jesus will be my support system and friend. To put it very, very simply, that's, that's a way you could say So it. that's why I should become a Christian. The reason I became a Christian is because... I found a, a love for Christ because I found out that I couldn't do things on my own and I was dependent on myself and I realized I need to be dependent on someone else. And that's so he's reason. a helper. He is there for us. Christ is our, he is our savior. He is the person, he, he gave us life and he's there to be with us through okay. all moments. Okay, okay, so Jared, here's my situation. I'm role playing with you now. I, uh, I'm not lonely. Things are going well. In fact, I'm a very successful guy. I don't think I need your Jesus. What would you say to me now? That's the mindset that a lot of people have. And that's the, the, the hardest part. It's Jesus actually said it is uh, more difficult for a camel to go. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich, wealthy person to enter the kingdom of God because they think they have it so well. And so that's it's, it's something that, you know, the easiest way for me to share my Christianity is to relate with people. And it's hard for me to do that because I can't relate with someone who's extremely wealthy. So I'm, I'm not sure what I would so do. So you have nothing to offer the rich person. It's the fact that there is stuff to offer, but the rich people... 
the rich person feels like that they don't need it. Let me suggest a different angle. All right. I'm going to try to witness to you. You're not saved. I'm a Christian. I'm going to witness to you. And you're wealthy. You're rich, Jared. Okay. Jared, would you consider yourself to be a good person? In, In my state right now? Well, in your mind, would you consider yourself to be a good guy? I would consider myself to be a decent person. Let's take a little test and see if that's true. All right? I'm going to give you the Ten Commandment test. How many lies do you think you've told in your life, Rich Jared? More than I can count. So that would make you a... Liar. Okay. Have you stolen anything? Yes, I have. So what would that make you? A thief. Jesus said, if you look at a woman with lust, you've committed adultery in your heart. Rich Jared, have you done that? I've done that too. Have you ever taken God's name in vain? I have a few times. Okay. Rich Jared, I've just... I've just learned from you that you are a lying, thieving, blasphemous, adulterate heart. God is the just judge of all the world. And someday when you die, because even rich people die, you're going to face God and he's going to judge you. Would he find you innocent or guilty on that day? If I did not believe Christ, if I did not take Christ into my heart to, to ask him to save me, I would believe that he would, that he would judge me to be guilty. Send you to hell. Right? That's, what, that's my belief, yes. That's right. So the rich man is going to hell. In my heart, I believe that if a person does not have Christ to be their Savior, does not ask Christ to accept him to be to be in their lives and to forgive them of all their sins, that's what I believe. So. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what you can say to the rich man. Well, it's, it's, he needs Jesus not to prop him up, not to help him through life or because he's lonely, but because he needs a Savior. He needs God to forgive him of his sins. And the only way for that to happen is for the work of Jesus Christ to be credited to his account. And some terms that, that you've been using, they're, they're pretty evangelical. But the biblical term would be repent, to agree with God. I'm not a good person. I'm a bad guy. To apologize, to turn from your sins, and to put your trust in Jesus. The biblical terminology would be repentance and faith. So, Rich Jared, you must repent and put your trust in Jesus. And God will forgive your sins and grant you everlasting life. Because the gospel message, Jared, Jared, isn't... What will God do for you in this life to help you get through or if you're feeling sad and blue? But it's about forgiveness of sins. And so that's the message that we can preach to the rich guy, the poor guy, anybody who's a sinner, which is everybody. Yeah. Dude, thanks very much for what you're doing. Thank you. I appreciate your time. You did a nice job. Thank you, Jared. While there is absolutely nothing wrong with Jared spreading awareness about the wickedness of human trafficking, the point I think Todd was making here is that Jared is a Christian representing a Christian ministry. So is there not more from the place of Christianity that we can do? I think we tend to look at problems like this with the short-term, gotta-fix-it-now mentality. We want to bring awareness. We want to petition the government to crack down and make stricter laws. All good things, but are they going to end the problem of human trafficking? No, because they're not actually attacking the root of the problem of human trafficking, but rather the problem itself. The only way to see improvement in the wickedness of human trafficking is preaching the gospel to unbelievers so that their wicked hearts are changed. Listen, for the Christian, our marching orders have never changed. Go make disciples. That's the only way to ever see lasting results. Hang tight. More Witness Wednesday is coming up right after this. 
You are a pro-life Christian, which is redundant, who happens to be frugal, which is unnecessary to point out because that's what we Christians are, frugal, and you would like to support a life ministry that stewards your money well. Some great news from Preborn Ministries. They have saved 169,000 babies' lives. What is their secret? Ultrasounds. 80% of the time, a woman sees her baby. She chooses life. Right now, Preborn has a matching grant. $28 per ultrasound turns into two ultrasounds. Or for $140, you can sponsor five ultrasounds. But because of the match, you'll be saving 10 babies. The ideal time for you to support a life ministry who's going to steward your money well. To donate securely, dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby, pound 250 keyword baby, or visit preborn.org slash Thank you for joining us for Wretched Radio today. When is the last time you took a gander around the Wretched Store? If it's been a while, I'd like to urge you to do so today. The Wretched Store is home to tons of great resources, books, booklets, videos, MP3s, and curriculum. And I'll go out on the limb and say that everybody will be able to find something they'll love and learn from in the Wretched Store. So take some time and peruse all we have available. Wretched.org slash store. All of the resources that you'll find are only made possible by the support of our gospel partners. We can't produce the content that we're able to produce without that ongoing support. So while you're visiting the Wretched store at Wretched.org, would you also consider taking a look at our donate page by clicking the Give link at the top of the page? There you'll find all the information you will ever need regarding becoming a gospel partner. Wretched.org slash store, Wretched.org slash donate. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. 200. That's right. 200 Tomorrow Clubs are now up and running again in Ukraine. That means kids are hearing the gospel. They're getting saved. Their parents are getting saved. The church is getting strengthened. Not only are the Tomorrow Clubs busy preaching the gospel, they're also very busy helping people. This is our buddy Max in Ukraine. We have created the Ukraine Support Fund. Thanks to our partners, Tomorrow Clubs began immediate assistance to the network of the local churches that became a safe place for thousands of refugees fleeing their devastated homes. Providing food, providing clothing, potable water, a safe place, communication. Would you please consider becoming a ministry partner of the amazing ministry called Tomorrow Clubs? You can learn how you could participate in the spreading of the gospel in Eastern Europe at Tomorrow Clubs. Clubs.org slash wretched. Know your church fathers. Totian is known as Asia's first Christian theologian. He came from Assyria and studied under Justin Martyr before returning to prepare a path for the gospel into Western Asia. He wrote A Harmony of the Four Gospels. It was the primary gospel text in Syria throughout the 3rd and 4th centuries. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Welcome back to Wretched Radio. It is a Witness Wednesday where we just heard Todd speak with Jared, a Christian who is out trying to bring awareness to the growing issue of human trafficking. And let's get back out to the campus of Georgia Tech now. Dude, I want to ask you a quick question on the radio. What do you think? What do you think of my shoes? Are my shoes cool and hip? Ah, uh, they're a little pointy. So you don't, but aren't they cool? Uh, 
I mean, I guess they're fashionable. They are fashionable. Right. So I'm kind of hip and I'm in. Yeah, I guess so. All right. Thank you very much. Appreciate it very much. Where are you headed, by the way? I'm going to my fraternity house to get some lunch. Can I walk with you and talk with you on the radio? Uh, yeah. No All right. Won't take up any of your time. All right. So, dude, um, what do you think is going to happen to you when you die? When I die? Yeah. Well, I hope I go to heaven. Yeah? Why do you hope that? Uh, Must be a good place. I mean, it's got to be better than hell, right? Well, if the, <laughs> if the rumors are accurate, yeah, I would think so. Why do you think somebody gets to heaven? Uh, just being a good person. Are you a good no. person? I try to be. Yeah? But you're not a perfectly good person? Uh, no. So that means you're well, not going to heaven? perfect, actually. Yeah. That's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. So how perfect do you need to be or how good do you need to be to get there? Uh, I guess as good as you can. All right. So effort is what is what is what gets judged. Yeah. Ah, so as long as I try really hard, I'm good to go. Yeah, and then, uh, gentlemen, how goes the condom giveaway? Good, good. Yes, all righty. Well, that would be a good question. Have you uh, been pure your whole life? Uh, no. Well, uh, let's see. What other what other ways could we judge whether you're whether you're good to go to heaven or not? How's, oh, Ten Commandments. Would that do the trick? Yeah. Okay. So sexually, not so pure. No. Okay. Lying. How many lies do you think you've told? I guess I've never really counted. But you've told them. Yeah. All righty. Stolen anything? No. Ever? Nope. Even as a kid? Even Mom as a kid. Mom and dad? What about from an employer downloading music? Anything like that? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Have you ever taken God's name in vain? That's one of the commandments. Uh, no, I try not to. Have you? I mean, maybe like unconsciously. Okay. But you've done it. I guess so. Consciously or not. Right? Yeah. Okay. okay. So there's what? Four commandments. You're sexually impure. You've blasphemed God's name. You've lied. <laughs> dishonored your mom and dad. So you going to heaven? Oh no, I guess there's six more. All right, let's give it a go. Have you ever coveted, desired something that didn't belong to you? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Has God always been first in your life? Uh, yes, actually he has. Really? So while you were fornicating, God was first in your life? Oh man, you're not making me feel too good. Right? Sorry, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so not really. Well, I guess when you put it like that, yeah. Right. Well, that's that's kind of what that's kind of what. Uh, Sin indicates that God really isn't first in your life. You're loving yourself more than him, or you're loving pleasure more than him. I do go to confession. I like, you know, I pray every night and you know, ask for forgiveness for my sins because I know, you know, those things aren't right. Right. So why would God forgive your sins? In fact, why would you even need to pray to have your sins forgiven if only good people go to heaven? I don't know. Good question. I guess everyone deserves, like, you know, a second chance. Well, not necessarily. It doesn't work that way in the court system. It doesn't work that way judicially. If you break the law, you're a lawbreaker. Well, those are secular laws. You know? True, but I think the principle still exists. If God is just and he judges people and you're guilty, well, then you're a lawbreaker and the just punishment wouldn't be to take people to heaven at all. Well, then why have confession? I think that's a great question because it sounds to me, what's your first name? I'm Greg. Greg, it sounds to me like maybe something's missing in your theological picture here. Okay. I agree with you. I think we should pray to God and ask him to forgive us of our sins. But if God just forgave our sins just because, there's a problem with that. He wouldn't be just. Imagine a judge who had a criminal in front of him, and the judge said, or the criminal said, Judge, I'm sorry. And the judge said, okay, you're forgiven. You don't have to go to jail. Mm -hmm. That wouldn't be just at all. But 
if somebody stepped into the courtroom and paid the criminal's fine and it was applied to the criminal's account, then the judge could justly say, sir, you are free to go because justice is being upheld because your fine has been paid for you. Then if you plead with for mercy from the judge, then the judge can let you go and he can be forgiving and just at the same time. Okay. It's apparently a Roman Catholic. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Well, I don't know what they, what they teach you there, but what the Bible says is that Jesus Christ paid your fine. Right. When he died on the cross, that's what that was all about. He knew that Greg was going to be a sinner and he died for him anyway, so that his goodness could be given to you and your badness can be put on him. And so the Bible says, if you will throw yourself at the mercy of the judge, he can forgive you if you'll repent, which means to apologize, to turn from your sins, mm -hmm. stop sinning and put your trust in Jesus. Then a legal exchange can take place. Greg's bad on Jesus, Jesus goodness to Greg, all sins forgiven, past, present and future, no indulgences, no confessions to a man in a box directly to God himself. And he says, then I will forgive you and I'll make you my child. And I'm going to change your heart and I'm going to change your desires and make you a new creature and you'll be mine. And I'll take you to heaven, not because you're a good guy who's been trying hard, but because you're a bad guy who's failed, but has been forgiven by me because of the goodness of my son. Okay. I like that. Yeah. It's way, it's a way better deal because it's grace free and clear so that God gets the credit and you don't. Because if you could do good, then everybody would go, well, Greg did a pretty good job of getting to heaven and it would rob God of his glory. But God went to the length of sending his son to be punished and beaten for you so that he could get all the glory for being so kind. And we should repent and put our trust in him, not because we're afraid of hell, which is fair and right, but because he's been so kind to save us from hell. It's about the goodness of God that should lead us to repentance. The Bible talks about being born again, not being baptized or not being confirmed into a faith. But when you die to yourself, and when you throw yourself at the mercy of the judge and say, I am done with me, I'm sorry, forgive me, have mercy on me, change me, fix me, save me, and you put your trust in Jesus, the Bible says that he will make you alive. He'll make you born again, which is what the Bible talks about. Sure. All right, so Greg, has that happened to you? Have you been born again? Uh, well, way back, I guess I was, but I've definitely veered off from that since coming to college. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. That happens a lot. But what the Bible says, if you veer off and you're living in sin, you know, the girls, the other stuff that goes with it, what it shows is that you were never really saved in the first place. Because when God saves somebody, it's usually radical. Right. And your desires change. And all of a sudden, it's not that we, we are suddenly perfect, but it's just we hate those things that killed our Savior. We hate doing those things that we know displeases God. And so if you're living a life that doesn't indicate you're really a Christian, it'd be like me saying, I'm a member of PETA, but I eat prime rib every Friday night. You'd go, well, you're, you're a phony. Yeah. So if you're not living like a Christian, it's probably because you're not one. And the way to be saved, it's a pretty simple formula, but it's hard to do. You got to think about your sins. I could put a computer chip on the back of your ear and recorded every thought for a week and then pulled all your buddies from the condom table and from around the campus and put the computer chip in a computer and showed your thought life. Ugh. You know, I just, that would just make me slink away in shame. Okay. Right. God sees that and he knows that and we should be ashamed and it should scare us to think I'm going to have to deal with God someday. And then when you're scared, you think about Jesus dying for you and it'll break your heart. He did that for me when I was acting like that. And you repent and you put your trust in Jesus Christ and he'll save you and you'll know it and you won't backslide again. Right. 
So something to think about today? Yeah, definitely. Sure, man. Good start to the morning. Pardon me? Good start to the morning. Well, here's the question. What are you going to do with this information? I mean, I'm not going to take you off on a paddy wagon or anything, but what are you going to do with this? Uh, well, yeah, I'll definitely look back and what I've done, definitely get to church some more. It's not going to help you. That's backwards. See, if you're trying to go to church to please God, you miss the step of getting saved by God, and then you desire to be with other people that are like you, and you can okay. desire to go to a place to hear his word, because now you love his word all of a sudden. So if you're trying to do things to please God, you're going down the road, you're going down the, the road of work righteousness and self-righteousness. Mm-hmm. The gospel is, I will save you and change you. I'll do it all, because you can't do anything for yourself. So what you need to do is you need to repent and put your trust in Jesus. You don't need to visit anybody. You don't need to go to a church. While you're walking here, I'd be thinking about these things really seriously and deal with it. And either it would be so much better to just go, you know what, I don't believe any of it. I reject all of it. But don't just walk on in life and go, well, it doesn't really matter. All roads lead to God. I'm pretty good to go. Not an option. Either reject it or submit to it. But don't just play in the gray area. Okay? Seriously. Yeah. All right. You're a nice young man. Thanks for the chat. Thank you. Here, I'm going to give you a million bucks. (laughs) Here, right there. (laughs) And there's our our website address, too, on there. All right, right? Hey, see you, young man. Have a good day. Nice to meet you. You too. Goodbye. Now, that was a perfect example of why the law should be presented before the gospel. How many people, proclaiming Christians or not, have the belief that being a good person is the magic ticket to heaven? I don't know the exact statistics, but I would feel safe in saying that the majority of people who believe in an afterlife also believe their efforts of doing more good than bad is what gets them there. But when presented with truth, Greg here knew he had never been born again. Pray for him and also be looking for opportunities where you are to have conversations with people and one good resource to always have in your back pocket. You might be a rotten fish, which you can find at the Wretched Store at Wretched.org. All right, hang tight. Don't go very far because we're not going very far. We have more witnessing from Georgia Tech on the way. It's Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. We've previously talked about the ridiculous claims made by Georgia gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams here on Wretched. Recently, she said there is no such thing as a heartbeat at six weeks of pregnancy. It's just a manufactured sound designed to convince people that men have the right to control a woman's body. Well, in the wake of that, and I know this is going to be hard for you to believe, Planned Parenthood has changed the information on its website to be more in line with what Abrams said. Stacey Abrams continues to surprise us. Who knew she was not only an author and political candidate, but a very significant source of scientific data. The New Jersey Department of Education has threatened teachers with discipline if they refuse to teach children about sex. In 2020, the Department of Education in New Jersey adopted the most perverse sexual topics as academic standards in their schools. And now their Department of Education has issued a statement that says that any teacher that doesn't follow those standards will face disciplinary action. That statement comes after some school districts have refused to follow state standards. Some of the language for second graders quotes, you might feel like you're a boy even if you have body parts that some people might tell you are girl parts. You might feel like you're a girl even if you have body parts that some people might tell you are boy parts. And you might not feel like you're a boy or a girl, but you're a little bit of both. No matter how you feel, you're perfectly normal. 
Parents, you have a choice, and one of those choices would be to send a letter to your child's school opting out of any type of sex ed. So the U.S. Air Force has joined the rest of the military in promoting wokeness and gender transition stuff. According to a report on Fox News, the Air Force is offering a fellowship for airmen as long as they aren't cisgender men. Cisgender would be the term for normal thinking people, as in men who think they're men. And this is just another example of why we should be praying every day that we do not go into war anytime soon. It's unfortunately so heartbreaking to say there are so many attacks and murders on Christians taking place in Nigeria right now that it's hard to keep up with. Suspected Fulani herdsmen and other terrorists have murdered dozens of Christians. Last Friday, the terrorists attacked six predominantly Christian villages, destroying lives, houses, and farms, while also looting the homes for food. The victims were found to have had gunshot wounds and machete cuts. As we tell you so frequently here at Wretched, please make sure that you continue praying for all of our persecuted brothers and sisters abroad, especially in Nigeria, who led the world for Christians killed for their faith last year, and I would venture to say will maintain that top spot this year. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Important dates in Christian history. 1870. Pope Pius IX proclaims a doctrine of papal infallibility. Though the authority of the Pope had been established for centuries, the teaching that the Pope's teaching is divinely inspired and infallible is a very recent invention. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. We are back. This is Wednesday, Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks in the studio. Todd out this week on the campus of Georgia Tech. And we have heard from Jared and Greg so far. So what or who is waiting for us now? Let's get out to the campus and see. All right, so the fellow that I want to talk to is smoking a cigarette, but that has nothing to do with this. And he's sitting here studying something. Dude, can I talk to you on the radio for a second? Absolutely. What's your name, young man? I'm Bob Hayes. Bob, nice to meet you. What are you studying? Uh, chemistry. Ooh. <laughs> it's all right. You're one of those guys. Yeah, yeah doing you my got, best. You got a different brain than I do. <laughs> well, everybody's got something okay, I'll, good pro- at, right? I'll prove it to you. What side of the brain do you have? You've got like a, a dominant side of your brain that allows you to use numbers. Right? I, I hope so. <laughs> right, well, have you ever heard of that left brain, I, right brain? Absolutely. Yeah, which one do you have? I would say right. Yeah, see, I don't know. I don't know Because I've got, oh, you don't? Because <laughs> usually you guys who are into chemistry, you know it. which side of the brain works because you're smarter than I am. All right. Not uh, necessarily. Dude, I got something here. I'm not into this. I just found this. It's one month to live challenge. It asks the question, how would you live your life differently if you had one month to live? Which you might if you keep smoking those heaters. That's just <laughs> an aside. Okay. What would, if you knew that you had a month to live, what would you start doing or stop doing? Hmm. I don't know if I'd continue my uh, my trek here at Georgia Tech. You'd be all done. <laughs> yeah, I think that's true. You'd go do something more fun. Absolutely. And what is fun to you? Um, I like to ski and hike, so I'd probably go to the mountains and yeah, like the, uh, do like, a whole lot at, more like, of like that. This, see, that's the whole idea. Look at this guy skiing inside of the little book. I see there. that. That's living a fun life. <laughs> that's me right there. That's you, baby. <laughs> so if you had 30 days and wanted to really live a fulfilled life, you'd go do fun stuff. Absolutely. Okay, what about family? Um, I'd want to spend some time with them. Okay. What about spiritual stuff? Would you want to clean up your act, make sure that you're ready to go? Um, I don't know if I'd really discuss my beliefs with that, but um, I would certainly want to spend more time with my family. That's what's important to me, and they share a lot of the same interests, so maybe we could all go to the mountains together. Do it together. Okay, so when you said you don't want to talk about your, you don't want to talk about spiritual beliefs with me, mm-hmm. how come? 
Um, it's just something I think I keep to myself. Okay, why? Um, just a personal preference. Okay. Do you have any spiritual beliefs? Um, well, I used to be a devout Catholic, not so much oh, anymore. Yeah. But That's not so much. Not so much anymore. I guess I just found some some holes in the theory there that I... What was the big hole that you discovered? The big hole that I discovered? Um, I just feel like organized religion, um, as far as I'm concerned, kind of... Um, hmm. I didn't think I'd have to discuss this today. Um, I just feel like everybody has their own way of... Um, worshiping or finding faith or whatever the case may be and uh doing it with other people as far as like in an organized religion as far as the catholic sense goes was just not right for me i want to try to translate what i think you just said okay and you're a chemistry guy which and i think this is kind of surprising to hear hear you say this is that as an individual i can decide what is right when it comes to religious things or spiritual things Mm -hmm. so the human being determines what is right is that what you is that what you're saying i think that that's accurate yeah is that accurate with chemistry Mm -hmm. well i think that it's an empirical science but we don't really understand all of it so everything that's kind of been determined is based on human what is right and what is what is right and what is wrong as far as this goes yeah so if religion is in a sense empirical. Not that perhaps it's, well, perhaps it's testable, perhaps mm-hmm. it's not. But can I simply decide what religion is right and it is therefore correct? Absolutely not. I believe that everyone has their own beliefs as far as their But as some far people as religion. can be wrong. Absolutely. Okay, good for and you. I think, and I think that there's, there's no reason why anybody should come down on somebody else's beliefs by any means whatsoever yeah. to believe in what you find come down on somebody. Okay. Come down on somebody. Well, just tell them that they're wrong for believing what they believe in. That's okay. I don't think that's okay at all. Oh, it's not. okay. No, it's not okay. But what if they are wrong? Uh, there's no way of knowing that. I don't think that there really is a way of knowing that for sure. And why is that offensive? Why is it offensive? Let's say for instance, Bob, I I found a way, and I'm convinced it's right, and I'm convinced it's good. So, Bob, the path that you're on, it's wrong. There's a better path here. Well, I would Why is listen. That a bad thing. I would. I don't think it's a bad thing because I've listened to what you had to say, and I'm open-minded as far as that goes. Um, but I'd still have to formulate my own opinions Absolutely. in the end, and Absolutely. you have to and you have to be allowed to hold that opinion Absolutely. and live by Absolutely. it. So maybe come down would be I can't force you, or I shouldn't drag you off the street and take you to a cult someplace. Um. Well. Yeah, I mean, certainly not. Or torture you and make you give a confession of faith <laughs> that you really don't believe. Absolutely. Well, I mean, it, it would be stupid for someone to give a confession to a, a, of a faith or to a faith that they didn't believe in because... Right, I agree. It wouldn't be genuine. Yeah, it, it would be coerced. Be I, couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Mm-hmm. So if, if 30 days comes, your clock runs out of time, what do you think is going to happen to you? What do I think is going to happen? You know, I've thought about that before, and I really don't know. I mean, some might say, oh, you're going to go to heaven. Some might say, oh, you're going to go to hell. I don't know if any of that really happens, you know? Right. I haven't given it enough thought, and even if I did give it all the thought for 30 days or more (laughs) the rest of my life, I don't think that I'm ever really going to know. I'm certainly going to find out, you know? Let's just say. Death is inevitable. Let's say there is a heaven and there is a hell. Who goes to heaven? Who goes to hell? (laughs) <laughs> Good people, bad people, right? Isn't well, that pretty that's much the, the standard? That's the standard definition, yeah. Right, right. If that's so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where, which, if that's so, which one do you think you'd go to? Are you a good person? I'd like to think that I'm a good person. 
How do you know? You don't know. What if there's an objective standard that would help you measure whether you're good or not? Objective standard. That's interesting. For instance, the Ten Commandments. Mm -hmm. Let's say that that was the law that God, if there is one, gave, and we're supposed to follow those laws. Then we'd have a pretty good idea of what the judge is going to do with us, right? Right. Yeah. And I think that the Ten Commandments are just kind of standards to live by regardless. I mean, you shouldn't shouldn't kill you shouldn't steal i mean that 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 stuff makes sense to me yeah. it's certainly I, things I, that I, I live by whether i live by them because they're the 10 commandments in a religious background or they're just the, it's just the way that i live my life yeah. if those are god's rules have you kept the 10 commandments certainly i've tried but i've broken them like the rest of us right? absolutely for instance how many lies do you think you've told a lot. A lot. <laughs> okay. How many? How many things you said stealing? How, or did I've you never, say murder? Uh, no, I've I've never murdered. Never I've murdered. never really stolen either. Yeah. I've lied. Uh, taking God's name in vain. Absolutely. Yeah. I've done that. Dishonored your mom and dad by not doing what you were told. Mm-hmm. What about sexual desires? That's another one. That yeah. Falls premarital the, sex. Adultery. And, the whole mm-hmm. deal. Okay. Well, no adultery, but. Well. But the Bible says, which is where the Ten Commandments come from, that if you just look with lust, you've committed adultery in your heart. You don't mm-hmm. have to commit the act. Yeah. You just well, then it. in that case. Yes. So adultery and fornication. Mm-hmm. To boot. Okay. So if, if if God exists and he judged you by that standard. Then I would certainly not be going to, to heaven. heaven. You'd be guilty. Unless my sins were forgiven. Somehow. Somehow. Okay. So how could that work? Well, I would guess I would have to be uh, following following in that religion. Yeah, well, following the religion, I guess, depending on how you define that. But you'd have to have somebody to pay your fine for you, mm-hmm. right? Because if you've accumulated a debt, somebody right. would have to pay it for you, and then you'd be free to go. Well, you're a Catholic. What did they teach you about well, that? Jesus. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. It's paid the fine for us, died for our sins. If you'll repent and put your trust Absolutely. in him. Absolutely. Not talk to Give a man in a box, and, mm-hmm. but repent and put your trust in him. Mm-hmm. So why, why have you rejected that? Why have I rejected it? I just... Because I don't really know if I believe in heaven and hell. Yeah. Do you have a you have a conscience though, don't you? Oh, I do have a conscience. And it's and it screams, I <laughs> shouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I kind of think that's God's warning system to say you know better, and mm-hmm. it's a it's a gift that God has given us so that we can know that how He's going to deal with us on Judgment Day. And I think too, Bob, another way to to know that we were created. You look at that statue that's in front of us. Mm-hmm. And you'd never believe that that thing evolved. Somebody built it. We don't know who the artist is, but we know there was one. And there's a bunch of guys who put the thing together. Mm-hmm. We know that there's a creator because look at this amazing creation around us. Absolutely. And so that's God's way of saying, Bob, I exist. Bob, I've given you a conscience. I'm going to deal with you on Judgment Day. Bob, you've been warned. Mm-hmm. How come you're well, rejecting I don't know. those sometimes, signals? Sometimes I just think that, um, well, you know, I'm... I don't want to sound like I believe in some kind of like pagan religion or anything because I, 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 I don't. But, you know, I believe in the mountains and I believe in the things that I see around me. And it's hard to have faith in something that you don't see. But I do certainly feel something more than more than the materialistic things that, that we're looking at around us. I know us. This, this is going to be really silly. All right. I'm closing my eyes. You still exist. Mm-hmm. I can't see you, but I know you're like, yeah, I can hear you. I can still smell the smoke from your cigarette. Mm-hmm. I know you're there. I don't have to see something to know that it exists. I could actually see the results or the consequences of that individual's work and know that it exists. And that's what this earth is. Mm-hmm. It's the result of his work so that you can know for a fact beyond the shadow of a doubt that he exists. Huh. 
Hey, man. Thanks for the chat today. Appreciate Absolutely. it very much. Absolutely. Anytime. And, young man, stop smoking. <laughs> it is no good for you. You will have only 30 days left for sure. <laughs> All right, man. I hope you do well on your test, okay? Thank you. All righty. See you, dude. Thanks very much. Yeah. yeah, most definitely. Let's be praying for Bob, the former Roman Catholic turned skeptic. He heard his condition. He heard the gospel. And he knows the consequences of his sin await him without a savior. Pray his eyes are opened to the truth. Okay, stay with us. Don't go anywhere. We have a break to take. (laughs) That rhymed. More Witness Wednesday next. This is Wretched Radio. You're familiar with this sound. You're sitting in church. Your pastor is preaching. You have your John MacArthur Study Bible open. The pastor is reading the scripture. And all of a sudden you hear everybody in church turning the page because they all have the same MacArthur Study Bible. Why? Because it is so helpful to be able to read study notes underneath the verses to really grasp what God's Word is trying to teach. How would you like to share the joy of putting a John MacArthur Study Bible into the hands of a believer in the Philippines? They typically make about 12 to $15 per, not hour, per day. It's a luxury item, and it would be such a blessing, $25 a Bible, Four Bibles, $100, or perhaps you could send a Bible to a brother or sister in the Philippines every single month. Would you please consider doing that to bring joy to our brothers and sisters? Wretched.org slash Bible. In November 2020, Tim Challies and his wife Aileen received the phone call every parent dreads. Their 20-year-old son Nick, while away at seminary, collapsed and died. As Tim and his wife traveled to Louisville, Tim began to do the only thing he knew to do to process his loss. He began to write. And now all of his writings, some of which have been shared publicly, some not until now for the first time, have all been compiled into his latest book, Seasons of Sorrow, The Pain of Loss and the Comfort of God. Seasons of Sorrow is a book for anyone that is loved and lost. It benefits those that are working through sorrow or those that are comforting others. You'll not only see how God is sovereign over loss, but how good he is in those moments. You'll discover how to pass through times of grief while keeping your faith, and you'll learn biblical doctrine can work itself out even in life's most difficult situations. Seasons of Sorrow, available now in the Wretched Store at wretched.org. Yes, you want to save money because after all, you're a Christian and that's what we want to do, save money, but never at the expense of our family's health and peace of mind should a family member fall ill. That is why I'd like to commend you MediShare, the gold standard of healthcare sharing. You will save on average $500 per month as a family. How much will you save? It takes two minutes. 844-34-BIBLE. And if you think this isn't very good, you get free telehealth services with MediShare, a huge network of doctors with MediShare, and great customer support. And fellow Christians will pray for you. MediShare, 400,000 members strong. Peace of mind and savings. Simply call 844-34-BIBLE. 844-34-BIBLE. Books of the Bible. The book of James is much like Proverbs for the New Testament, employing a concise and memorable style with a simple yet profound message. 
Christians should think and act like Christians. It is very easy to understand, but exceptionally difficult to obey. This ought to lead us to repentance and a fresh reliance upon the grace of God. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And we return to Wretched Radio. It is a Witness Wednesday. Todd, of course, out on the campus of Georgia Tech this week. And it's been a full day of witnessing so far, but he is still not done yet. All right. Hey, gentlemen, I want to ask you some questions while you're sitting here. Is that okay? Are these your friends that are sacked out over here? Yeah. What are you studying here, young man? Um, electrical engineering. <clears throat> All right. What are you studying? Management. Management. What do you want to manage? I will actually be working in ministry. In what? Ministry. Ministry. Uh, religious stuff? Yes. Like what? Uh, preaching, teaching, loving on people. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't, ministry. I don't expect to hear from ministry people here. Not many people do. So there's a field here for that? No. No. <laughs> Clue me in here, minister. Uh, to be in ministry, you don't really need to go to a religious school for your undergrad. You can go to a seminary, a grad school, and learn everything you need to know. Uh-huh. Um, so working with a management degree, that'll help me run a church someday or other whatever organization I work in. And so here, I just like, I study management for whatever I need in the future, and I'll go to grad school and learn all that later. Managing. So you're taking classes just to learn how to manage an organization, and a church is an organization, and you're learning how to run it. Yes. Uh-huh. All right. So what kind of, what kind of, you're a Christian, is that right? Yes. Uh-huh. And these guys, are they, are they Christians? Yes. Really? How do you know this? Uh, well, I met them all at CCF, Christian Campus Fellowship. All right. And are these people Christians behind us, too? Yes. They are. Wow. Look what I just walked into. All right. I'm going to give you guys uh, 30 to 60 seconds to convert me. Go, minister. Uh, I think you really can't really do it in that long. It takes more of an attitude and uh, realizing God's love in your life and not just argument for argument's sake. Give it your best shot. you got 45 left. Oh, I mean, I'm not going to squeeze it all down into 45 seconds because it's a little more complicated than that. All right. Give me what you got in 30 seconds now. God loves you. Okay. And um, everybody wants love, so he's the only unconditional love you can find. My wife loves me. My kids love me. My dog loves me most of the time. But you don't feed your dog. Your dog's going to get angry. If you get mad at your kids, your kids are going to be upset. If you cheat on your wife, she's going to be a little angry. Well, I don't plan on doing any of those things, so I'm okay with the love department. But still, if you don't plan on it, things happen. But no matter what happens, God will still love you. Dude, I've gotten by. I'm over 30. Can you tell? And I haven't been missing it, so I'm, I don't see it, really. Maybe you'll see it someday, but just because you're sitting here right now talking to me doesn't mean you're going to have to see it yet. So maybe if I go through a hardship? It doesn't have to be a hardship. It can be a great part of your life. So it's an addition? It is. It's just, it's all around you. It's everywhere. Okay, so I'm going to paraphrase. So I've known loving, but I haven't known loving until I become a Christian. It's not that you're a Christian. It's that you know God's love. Christianity is a relationship, not a religion. Okay, so, all right. I want to give this guy, uh, what are you you studying? Electrical engineering, is that right? All right, convert me. I guess to me, the big thing is, you know, we got all this out here. Yeah. And, you know, everything. Look, look at it. That's that's beautiful. Yeah. Now, imagine all this just somehow popping up. That that doesn't happen, I guess. You're a creationist. Yeah. So you're trying to prove the existence of God to me. Is that what you're trying to do? Uh, not, not necessarily prove, but um, I, I, I see proving as, um, you know, testing and do not test the Lord. You know, that's that's in the Bible. You can't you can't necessarily prove it. All right, so so I'll give you there's a creator. I want to argue Big Bang cosmology, but I'll, let's go with this whole creator idea. Okay. okay, so why should I become a Christian? To me, I guess it's it's um I've seen in my life 
since I, I started going, you know, becoming more active with church and I just became exposed to uh, Jesus and God, I feel like my life has been has been more whole. I feel like, you know, my, my life is more complete. Everything's going You had a God-shaped hole in your heart. I guess, yeah. And Christianity filled it up. Yeah. I don't have one of those holes. I guess sometimes you don't notice it until you've got something there. All right. And then you realize, hey, I was I was missing out on this. All right. Okay. Now, are you a Christian, young man? Can you give it a good go to try to convert me to Christianity? What's your bracelet say, by the way? Reach. Reach. reach what does that mean? That one is for uh, childhood cancer, specifically leukemia. Reach the day. Yes. What is the day that... When uh, there's no cancer. When we have the cure and the children don't have to suffer anymore. Yeah. I have a very good friend who's a amazing cellist and uh, uh, was diagnosed with cancer last year. That's a drag. Recovering. So not, not carpe diem. Reach the day. Right. And never give up is your other one. Never give up. That one is for... Uh, ALS. One of my dad's good friends died of it. Yikes. Okay, so Christian, <laughs> there's a lot of bad stuff going on in this world. A I'm, lot not, I'm not sure I want your loving God. You're not sure you want the love? Yeah, doesn't sound very loving to me. I don't know. I, I need the love because I see the pain in this world, and um, I definitely feel it. And um, Explain the pain. Why is there pain? Because when God gave us free will, we chose to kind of throw it back in his face and uh, go against what God wanted. And um, So he said that we were created. Why did he create us if he knew all this bad stuff would happen? Because even before he had created us, he loved us and knew that we would benefit from a relationship with him. Uh-huh. All right. So why would I benefit from a relationship with him? Because he is the perfect, almighty, all-loving God. And uh, any relationship with that is something unlike anything else. Uh-huh. And it, uh, so this love thing is kind of a repeated theme here. Yes. Uh-huh. So love is cool. I will, I, will, I will say it again. I've got plenty of love in my life. So I don't know that I have a need for your God. Well, it's more than just feeling the need of love. It's a overwhelming joy and sensation. Like, I, it's really, I don't know, I can't describe it very well. Have you ever rented a villa in Tuscany? No. Yeah, it's an overwhelming, joyous sensation. It's sweet. I bet it is. Yeah. I, I can also tell you that I don't think it's the same. Have you ever been on top of the Eiffel Tower having a terrific dinner with your wife? It's no, amazing. No, not married yet. Yeah. But uh, I, I think that there's a, uh, a deeper uh, spiritual love that... Um, we can. There's a. Our, our spirits need things that uh, we can try to. We can try to fill with things in this world, with relation, loving relationships with people. Which, believe me, I, I definitely enjoy. But uh, we can't be satisfied by those things. Uh-huh. Not not completely. All right. And uh, when we try. We I haven't known love until I've known Christian love. Until you've known God. What is love? What is love? God is love. Mm-hmm. How does he show his love? He shows his love through people, through his creation. How does he demonstrate his love? Demonstrate it through the actions of others, through right. uh, our perceptions, through our experiences. All right. All right, young man. Sit tight for just a moment. All right, ministry student, I got a question for you. All right, I just asked a very leading question. All right. How does God demonstrate his love? Can you tell me? Well, he sent his son to die for us. 
I'm sorry, this is a new blast of information. Jesus. Yeah. He is, is God's son. Uh-huh. God become flesh. 100% man, 100% God. Uh-huh. And that is like his part of God on earth. Yeah. And he sent him here to die for our sins. Like in the old Jewish laws, they had to sacrifice lambs to purify their, for their sins for the past year. But God sent Jesus to be the ultimate sacrifice because he was perfect. He was eternally pure and he lived a human life without sinning. Uh-huh. And so when he died on the cross, that was the ultimate act of love. That was God saying, I don't want this barrier of sin between us anymore. I want to get rid of that. So I'm sending my son to die for you guys. Uh huh. Now that's interesting information. That sounds very loving. What you just said to me is God died for me a sinner. Yes. Uh-huh. And why didn't you bring that up in the beginning? That's an important chunk of information. Well, because it all starts with love. you got to have some background, and you gave me 30 seconds. All right. Well, what, so what's the background? The background is that God cares about you, and he loves you. And, and what happens if I don't have this sacrifice? What happens to me? Well, then you haven't paid for your sins, and you'll go to hell. So the background is I'm a sinner. Is that what you're saying? Everybody's a sinner. Okay. So maybe if you'd shared that with me up front and then told me about this Jesus business, it might have made more sense to me. If you feel that way? Well, I mean, kind of, I'm just thinking it through logically. Tundra, you've been, everybody here has been talking about love. God is love, love, love. But nobody really explained what it was all about. See, I can get love from my wife, my kids, and my dog. But the type of your, love you're talking about is something completely different that a human being or a pet can't provide. True. Yeah. So... Maybe then, like 60 seconds or less, it would be something like, uh, you're a sinner, God's angry at sinners, but he's good and he's kind, and, and to provide a sacrifice, a payment for your sins, he sent his son, die on a cross, rise from the dead, and if you'll respond by repenting and putting your trust in him, your sins will be forgiven and God will grant you everlasting life. It's the most loving thing that anybody's ever done. That is a very good short explanation, but I would not claim that God is angry at us because we're sinners. Really? Yes. God is pure, and he can't be with things that aren't pure. Why not? We are sinners because he's completely pure. Yeah. And doesn't that, doesn't that same text really talk about that God's angry at the wicked every day? He becomes angry when people turn, when people deny him and turn away from him and are pre- okay, if I'm, with if I'm not a, If I'm not a Christian, I'm, I'm turned from him, aren't I? Yes. Yeah. And isn't the cup of God's wrath being filled up because we sin all the time, and when he returns, he's going to pour out his anger and his wrath. Yes. Yeah, so he is angry. Yes, but his love is more powerful than his anger. Well, that could be, but he's definitely angry, right? Right. At sinners. But what he did first was his love and send Jesus. Okay, but first, I was a sinner. Right? Mm-hmm. Jesus. Everybody has always been sinners. Okay. And God is angry at sinners, but God is good and he's kind and he sent his son. So that order would help me understand things, right? Right. All right. All right. Thanks very much for the lesson. I appreciate it very much. No problem. All right, young man. Thanks very much. The Bible tells us to always be ready in season and out to give a reason for the hope that lies within us. Does God love? Of course he does. He is love. But that's not a complete representation of the magnificent and glorious God that has saved undeserving sinners like us. And until tomorrow, go serve your king.